or start the process to adopt the funding um, recommendations. And when I say recommendations, not uh, in terms of the category for the funds that they have. And so there are a lot of people that are upset because a lot of programs uh, that are supposed to be for the targeted area for which we receive the money um, will not be acknowledged and may not be given any funding. We're one of those. When they got that money, we got more money than most people our size, Saginaw did, got more money than most cities our size. And it was done because of the geographic or the targeted area that they kept saying was so devastated, so we got more money. The problem, however, is that most of the money is not going to be spent in that area. It makes sense? And so now what we have to do, we literally, we literally have to go and uh, voice our opinion. So if you can, if you want to speak and just make sure that they're using the money for targeted things, won't you do that? If you want to get up, you only got three minutes. And so um, if you want to speak tomorrow, the easiest thing you could do is call City Hall. I think they open at 8 or 8.30. You need to call and say, I'd like to be on to speak between 8 and noon. All right, you only got three minutes. And if you want to be very specific, you can say, hey, I understand that Mission in the City put a request in for this. Uh, I hope that you'll give that consideration. Here's the other thing that I've discovered, and I say this to you, which means we've got to do more. Um, there are a lot of things that happen not necessarily in City Hall. They happen in the subcommittee meetings. As a result of that, You've got things like a marijuana distribution center being put together right up on Perkins and 17th Street. That old, that old building there, that's a marijuana, it will become a marijuana growing and distribution center. That's happening right there in our neck of the woods. Now that's happening because no one is speaking up at zoning meetings. And what we've got to do is we've got to start showing up at zoning meetings and saying, we don't want it. What's happening is because we aren't showing up and nobody is fighting it, they're approving it. And they're approving it because they say, well, nobody cares, nobody showed up, nobody spoke about it. So, so we've got a communication issue in the city. The city is not doing a very effective job of communicating. And we've got to be more attentive. So at some point, We've got to have a political action ministry that starts showing up at these meetings because we need to know what they're trying to do. It's not being put on the west side. Everything's being dumped on this side. And so we've got to start attending those meetings because if we don't, everything you don't want on this side is going to be over here. Instead of housings, you have these plants that's got this smoke and all this other stuff that can contaminate our waters if we're not careful. And it'll be a slow death for this side. So we've got to do more. Um, we've got to be more actively engaged. And so I'm saying that even myself, I've got to do a, a better job. We talked about that, <coughs> excuse me, as pastors, that we've got to do a better job. But I need you to help too. So I'm going to be trying to look for those that can attend the meetings, the school meetings, um, again, the city hall meetings, and the zoning meetings. We've got to get some people that will show up and represent us um, and speak if necessary. We, we've got to stop them from just thinking because we don't show up, we don't care. We do care, but we also don't want them to think because we don't show up they have a right to just put stuff in our neighborhoods. We're not going to take that. So just be praying about that as we go forward. Tomorrow's probably going to be a very contentious hearing um, because people are very upset that a lot of the money is going to all these programs that have no impact on the east side of Saigon. None of them do. And some of it is strategic, $5 million for this, you know, for some building that's going to benefit a certain contention of people that has no impact on us. My thing right now, Saginaw has a poverty issue. 
And if you don't, if you're not aware of that, we are third, somewhere in the top five in the state in terms of poverty. And so the city should be doing more to fight poverty. And that's what we've got to start asking. The schools, <clears throat> the, the medical field, uh, those people have to be challenged on that. And the only way we can do that is we've got to, we've got to go to the meeting so we know what's going on. All right. So pray that tomorrow's a smooth meeting. I uh, know that some of the pastors are going to show up. I plan to do so as well uh, and speak if I have the opportunity. If not, we're working on a narrative that the pastors can speak on our behalf. But just be praying. Um, be praying because we know uh, that uh, if we don't speak, they're going to do. Now, here's the other thing that I hear happening. Um, some of the things that's being said in the subcommittee hearings are not being recorded. Now, why is that important? If it's not recorded, the appearance is that nothing was voiced as a concern. So if Brother Schaefer were to show up and say, I want the record to reflect this, sometimes those notes aren't being put in the records. So the appearance is nobody showed up, nobody had anything to say. So now we need to start saying, I want the record to reflect that I don't want this in my community. And then after that, you need to ask for a copy of the minutes so that you can see that your comments were recorded. Okay? So there's a whole lot of things, and we've got to be more engaged in it. Okay? So with that, again, thanks to all of you. Good morning again to all of you that are tuning in. Uh, I want to take just a quick minute uh, to do a quick thank you. Uh, I had an unexpected visitor, one of our, what we call one of our virtual uh, members, uh, uh, all the way from Kansas on yesterday. Uh, we were taking care of some things in a park. The park was full of activity on yesterday. I get a ring at the door, and not knowing who it was, I go to the door and realize that it's my brother who has snuck in here from Kansas. And he came in with about five boxes of diapers, Okay, didn't get a chance to really speak to him. I was on the phone. He was on. The, he was moving. And so I just want to acknowledge him and just say thank you. He really does support this ministry all the way from Kansas. He's a very avid listener and he dropped off five boxes yesterday. So again, I say to big bro, much love. Appreciate you for stopping by and dropping those off. I don't know if he's still here. He's kind of like the long range. He's in and out. You never know when he's here, but we thank God that uh, he dropped in. He loves what we do in this ministry, not because I'm his brother, but because he sees that we're impacting lives. And he wants to be a part of that. So he dropped those off yesterday. So, again, thanks to him uh, again uh, for doing that. And a lot of our virtual listeners are very supportive of what we do. So to all of you, we thank God for all of you. So I just want to do a quick shout out for him for that. Again, thanks to those of you that pray for the Brooks family, Brother Dennis Brooks and Sister Elaine Brooks. Thanks for praying for them. They had a celebration of life for a cousin this past week. So we appreciate your care and concern for them. Coming up here September the 17th, uh, September the 17th is Operations Dry Bottoms. So be aware of that. That's coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, so again, we ask you to be praying that we are successful with that. And again, I mentioned earlier, in case you weren't on uh, Facebook family, that we will be praying for all of our youth. If you have some young people in your house, uh, ask that you would bring them or have them sit with you uh, as you hold hands and pray with them as we pray for our youth right before or right after communion on the first Sunday. Okay? So again, we're flankered again, again by... Um, some of our foremost theologians in the person of Reverend Chris Tatum and Deacon Damian Yancey. Um, we've got, um, I don't see any of our other deacons, so I'm just going to choose some today to be in the bullpit, uh, pull, uh, the bullpen today. Uh, uh, Deacon Schaefer and Deacon Jimmy Trust are in the bullpen uh, on today with, with uh, Sister uh, Hinton and Sister Sims waiting as well. Uh, again, just if we need some other people to come up, they just itching to get up here and just kind of help out. And we want them to do that. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So we know that they, they've been given their standby notice uh, so to be ready. Pray for our country. Uh, as you keep seeing, there is so much stuff unraveling uh, 
on a federal level. Who would ever thought that our nation would be in the position that it's in now? And one of the things you may have missed, I just throw this out before we move forward, is in about 15 states, I think the numbers are right, in about 15 states this sudden, um, people that back uh, uh, Donald Trump and the election scam are now the Secretary of State's for those, for those states, which means right now, if Donald Trump potentially ran and felt he was being shammed a second time, these people right now can overturn the election results and swing it his way. I, I, that's why you got to pay attention to what's going on in politics. Now, I know, and I know you do, and I say this often, we're in the hands of God. And whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen one way or the other. But you just need to stay informed of what's going on. And so we actually be praying. Uh, those that had uh, uh, student loans got $10,000 liquidated. And it's amazing how ungrateful we are and that people are complaining that he didn't do more. You ought to be grateful he did that. But that's the type of nation that we live in. Nobody made you take out all that money, and all the money you took out was not necessarily for your classes. Some people bought cars. Some people bought furniture. They did other things. And now, the, you know, uh, the president paid, uh, took 10000 off, and we're not, we're not grateful. That's the mindset of our community. So, again, just keep praying. All right. So, hey, we're in this piece and we're talking about, again, uh, Christian's plan for st uh, satanic attack. Uh, if you got the newest outline hot off the press, it's still so hot. I just burned my hands. We're on page number six. Um, and we talked about the best defenses against Satan. And one of the things that we talked about um, how to fight Satan, the first thing we talked about is don't dialogue with the devil. I don't even have nothing to say to him. The only thing I need to say to him is I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You got to get to a point where you stop believing. Remember, the devil wants to distract, he wants to distort, he wants to discourage, he wants to confuse, and if he can do that, he has been successful. We know that happened because it happened with Eve. He tricked, he did some trickery on the words. And Satan does that with us right now. You know, God doesn't love you. God don't love you just like nobody else loves you. Um, he hates he, he hates you for what you did. No, the devil is a lie. All right, God isn't forgiving. No one could forgive you. No, the devil is a lie. Jesus came that you might have life. God isn't holy. He'll just forgive you anyway. So just sin the ways you want to sin. No, he says be holy. Okay, well, you know what? You know, God ain't going to let nobody die and go to hell. God is a purposeful God. And everything he does, it has a purpose. So hell has a purpose, and the lake of fire has a purpose. Our thing is be very careful that you don't allow other, uh, an easy way to say it is, other religious words to trump the word of God. We're in this era now, and I get it. We're in this era where you can listen to anybody anywhere, anytime, uh, you know, at any hour of the day. You can tune in and hear Jakes. You can tune in and hear uh, Wes. You can tune in and hear Creflo. You can tune in and hear Parsley. You can tune in and hear Moore in Kalamazoo. You can tune in and hear Smith right up the street. You can tune in and hear Daniel's Den. You can tune in and hear Victorious Believers. You can tune in and hear Osteen. You can tune in and hear anybody you want. But you've got to be careful that what they're saying measures the word of God. It is so critical, and the Bible says that. That's one of the reasons why so many Christians are dealing with doubt now. And I'll talk a little bit about that in my message today. Is because of misinformation. Okay? Just because you got a mega church don't mean that everything you say is right. And so the thing that you always hear me saying, I say it emphatically, Bring your Bible and open your Bible. It's not going to do you any good clothes. You got to make sure you're writing. Take notes so you can go back and review. Everything we do here, I can show it to you in Scripture. 
and you need to look at it just as well. And if you didn't get it all, the good news about everything we do here is always on Facebook. You can always go back and review it until you actually get it. If you don't have the answer, you can always call and ask. I'll walk you through it. But you've got to know it for yourself. So one of the things that he does is he talks a lot. Well, you know what? Ain't nobody going to know about it. No, God sees everything. All right, so we talked about that. The second thing we talked about, uh, Reverend Tatum, uh, the, the same thing, how do you fight against Satan, is you got to do what? Watch what you take into your mind. There you go. Now, how many of you, and you don't necessarily have to raise your hand, but how many of you, um, um, how many of, your, how many of you uh, have TVs that watch you sleep at night? Probably everybody. I know I'm guilty. Okay, but here's the thing about TVs. You do know that you can reach a subconscious state where you're in such a very relaxed atmosphere, but your mind is still operational. It hears things. It intakes things. And so what happens is you can be asleep, and what's on TV can, sub not subliminally, but you can take intake that and start dreaming about it. You gotta be careful. I, I mean, I've had some, I've had some, some whoppers or some dreams. I'm like, wait, I got, I got a car that's barking like a dog that's got a tail on it. I mean, like, wait a minute, now where this goes? So I'm like, no, it's time to wake up. Now I got to wake up. This crazy. But if you're not careful, and I know you know this, it's like with our young, it's like with our children. You know, at one point in time, adults used to say. Uh, go outside and play because they were talking about some stuff that children should not hear. All right? That's not happening now. They just flat out talk about it and then the kids take that personality. Yeah. And so you got to be careful that you don't allow what people say and what people do to get in your spirit and you think is right. You know, I, I deserve this. You know, I done worked all my life, and I deserve this. And, you know, the Lord understands. No, the Lord don't understand. Okay? And so you got to be careful that you don't entertain information that contradicts the word of God. Don't let your feelings get you in trouble. All right? Because at the end of the day, the Bible gives us a way that God expects us to conduct ourselves. Help me, Deacon Yancey, Proverbs 23 and 6 and 7. Because it's critical for you to get this. Watch this. Eat thou not the bread of him that had, hadn't an evil eye, neither desire thy this dainty meats. This dainty meat. For as, the, for as he thinketh in his heart, so if he okay, you can stop right there. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So as you think, what you think you become. And and the thing about us is, if you allow your flesh to convince you that it's okay to lie and steal and connive, you'll start doing it, and you won't have a conscience about it. There are some people out there that have lied so long that they just think they lies are the truth. I know some people like that, and I know y'all know some like that. There are some people that have been wronged by the government one time in their lives, and they say, you know what, anything I can get from the government, I'm getting it. Why? Because they did me wrong 20 years ago. You got people like that. You got people like that that do us like that. And so for us, we've got to learn how to fill our minds with stuff that is positive. The Bible says whatever is true. Whatever is just, whatever is lovely, he says, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, what? Think on these things. So guess what? Every day you should work at what? Filling your mind with positive things, right? Come on, talk at me. That's what I've, I've learned to do. I've started, you know, even turning the TV off at night, Pastor. That, that's a good analogy because boy, I've had some whopper of a dreams. Also, watching mm -hmm. westerns, I think I got the gun and I'm shooting them out <laughs> just like the western. And I have mm -hmm. to wake myself up because some of them times I'm the one that gets shot. Uh, so, yes, sir. Yes. Uh, 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 you have to put the word of God in your mind so mm -hmm. you can defend the devil off because he's busy every day. Mm -hmm. and, and that's sometimes just like I know when we wake up in the morning, our, our cell phones are so accessible. A lot of times we grab them and start strolling yes, through Facebook sir. automatically. And I know myself, you know, we all got Bible apps on our phones, so sometimes we just got to go to the word of God and just 
kind of meditate on it before we go on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. One of the first things most people do is jump up and look at that phone. Who called me? What message? Y'all got real quiet right there. Number three, we talked about that your fight is speaking and only believe what, what God has already spoken. Listen, God has already finalized everything. Newsflash. God is not doing anything new. He's not going to give any new revelation. He's done with revelation. He is only doing illumination. And Sister Henry, illumination is where God opens your eyes, your mind, to see what he's already written. Okay, he's not saying anything new. God has already finished. Everything that the world, the state of the world has already been written so you know what's going to happen at the end. Okay, we already know what about Satan. He's going to be defeated, right? We already know that we're going to be raptured, right? We already know that there's going to be this war. We already know that people are going to be persecuted. We already know that God has a plan for us. We already know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. What else is it new that God going to tell you? So when you hear people say, I got this revelation from God, click. Because God is no longer doing revelation. He is only illuminating what's in the word. Okay, you hear that a lot, and I think a lot of it is just because people have not been trained to understand. God doesn't, listen, the Bible says this. Simon says there is nothing new under the sun. So if somebody say the Lord gave me this revelation about you, sis Schaefer, that you're going to come into a whole lot of money. Well, first of all, I'm rich anyway because my daddy owned everything. Secondly, God says I got a plan for you, listen, plan to prosper you. All right. So you're not telling me thank you for affirming uh, what God has already told me, but that ain't nothing new. All right. The Lord told me I got this revelation. You're going to get through your storms. He already told me that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. It's, you got to understand the word. So you got to be careful what you take in your mind and you got to only speak and believe what God has already said. All right. I wonder sometime, Pastor, do we really do we really know what he said? Do we really know what the end is going to be? Because mm -hmm. when you look around, where are our men? I mean, our men are nowhere to be seen. When we come to church, we see the women and God, we love them. But where are our men? Our men just will not show up. And I understand we're supposed to be the head of the household. So how can we run a household if we don't know how? We got to have God's word put in us and if you're not here or you're not studying God's word, how can you have it in you? Amen. All right. And I think that's very critical. And that's why there again, we've said to, again, women in the ministry, you know, until our men assume their, prof their, their role as the priest in the family, you have to serve in that role. You have a choice. You got to cover your family. You got to cover your children. You got to cover your house. And you got to cover your husband until he assumes that role, until he has that relationship. Okay? And, you know, there again, I believe in the power of prayer. Prayer changes things. Amen. You got to believe that. Keep praying. I don't care how bad it is. Keep believing. God, now you gave me this man. You told me that, again, this was a man you sent me. I'm praying, Lord, that you will open his eyes to fall in love with you. That's, that needs to be our thing that we pray. Here's another one, number four, all right? Do what Jesus did, all right? Use God's word, all right? Use God's word. You know, probably one of the best scriptures to study about how to fight against Satan is Luke chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. And there again, you'll see it. Um, Jesus is being tempted by Satan. All right. And we know that here he is. Jesus is 100 percent man and yet 100 percent God at the same time. We know that. And here he is. He's hungered. You know, he's been in the wilderness 40 days and Satan kept coming to him. And what Jesus did every time Satan came and said, what? What, what? what were those famous words that he wrote? Jesus said, it is written. That's how he started his dialogue with Satan. If you don't know the word, how can you fight him? <laughs> that makes sense? Yeah. If you don't know, you know your social security number, you know your birthday, you know how much money you got in the bank, you know how much gas you got in the car, you know how much food you got in the refrigerator, and you don't know no scriptures? 
So it, remember now, it tells us what's a priority, all right? And so at some point, what would hurt you if you just took one scripture a day and tried to learn that one scripture, all right? We got four, five, six, seven, eight on the walls. And if I was to tell everybody to close your eyes right now and I would ask you, give me one of the scriptures, the question becomes, and, and, and I see Deacon, Deacon Sue back there cheating already. I saw him already looking at one of, one of the scriptures, uh, one of the scriptures already just in case that happened. He already looking at one of the scriptures <laughs> just in case. I saw you back there, Brother Sue. Uh, but the question becomes, do you know a word that can help you get through your situation? And do you know somebody you can call? I need a word, man. I'm going through some stuff. Uh, you know, I need a little direction. Do you know somebody that can give you a word? Besides your pastor and the deacon, do you know somebody? All right. And that's what it boils down to. Every time that Satan came to Jesus, he came and Jesus said, it is written. Okay? It is written. And you got to understand, Satan is like a very seductive, evil woman. All they trying to do, and I don't mean this wrong. Don't misunderstand me, ladies, when I say that. Because there are some guys out there that's very cunning and seductive as well. But they keep pushing and prodding. They keep pushing and prodding because ultimately the goal is I'm going to get you one way or the other. Anybody know anybody like that right now? They keep pushing. They go away. They come back. They don't care that you said no the first time. It's like a hyena. When a lion is eating, a hyena will come along there and they make all that crazy noise and a lion will push them away. But they ain't going too far because they figure if I keep making my noise, somebody else going to come along, some other hyena. You know that noise they make. You know, they make that noise and stuff like that. Brother Schaefer, they make that noise. And then before you know it, it's like 10 hyenas against one lion. Now... The, the odds have changed, and now the lion has to get up and leave because if he don't, they're going to do what? They're going to attack him. Well, that's what Satan does. Satan, Satan will keep attacking you to, to, and get this now. Satan attacks Sister Perry to judge your strength. He wants to know how strong you are. And what he'll do is once he has assessed your strength, then he'll figure out the type of demons that need to come against you. All right? So the first time, he'll just come and just try it. Just trying to see where you are. Then he'll come back and say, okay, now I know I need to bring some other people back with me. Or he'll watch you for a season. All right? Anybody ever been in that situation before? Of course. He'll watch you. And just when you least expect it, you know, when you're in a moment of weakness or vulnerability, that's when he'll just pounce on you. All right? And that's what he's telling us. We've got to learn how to fight. That's what the Bible tells us. Got to learn how to fight the good fight. All right? And until you do that, you're going to continue to face these struggles that we're going through right now. All right? So, again, the Bible tells us that we've got to learn how to fight the good fight. Here's another one for you to think about uh, on page number nine. Help me with that, Dean Yancey. Own your truth. So one of the things that Satan will go after in battle is your identity. If he can confuse you, if he can make you think you're not as strong as you think you are, if he can send people to say that you don't have the strength you claim you do, then he can start to break down your identity in Christ. Anybody ever been there before where... You kept saying, okay, well, maybe, I'm, maybe my faith is not as strong as I say it is. Or maybe I'm not living the way God wants me to live. If Satan can get you to question your strength and your identity, he can cause you to doubt God in and of itself. That's a major thing I see in church people and Christians today. That's a major reason why people that used to go to church no longer go. I ain't going to church no more. They ain't doing nothing anyway. I ain't learning nothing. Well, first of all, you're not coming to the table hungry. Right? If you're hungry, you're going to eat. Right? 
And sometimes I've discovered even when you wasn't very hungry for what was on the table, you ate it anyway because in the end it was good for you. Right? How many of y'all like sweet peas? Okay. But you ate them, right? right. Mama laid that table out to say, this is what y'all eat. You can take it or leave it. You ate it. Huh? Yeah. And didn't leave nothing on the table. Because if you left it, the person said, you going to eat that piece of chicken? I get it from you. No, no, no. No, I I got this. I'm just, I'm trying to just wait that to get down. And I'm just trying to get my second win so I can go in and tear Because he's sitting there looking. He didn't eat his chicken already. He wants yours. So one of the things that I think we need to also understand, remember now, you are a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Let's look at this. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 31. I now have, uh, I'll have Deacon uh, uh, Reverend Tatum read for us because I think it's critical for you to understand just who you are. Romans chapter 8, verse 31 through 39. And it's imperative that we understand who we are. Go ahead and read that for us. Remember, shall we then say to these things, if God be for us, Mm -hmm. who can be against us? Okay, can I stop there just for a second? Did y'all see that? If God is for us, then who in the world can stand against us? Does that make sense to anybody? I mean, that to me, that's the end of the conversation right there. In other words, can't nobody stand with me? Why? Because God is what? On my, on my side. All right, keep going. I just want to make sure you got that. Watch this. Verse 13. There we go. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Stop right there. Now, what do you, what's your takeaway from that verse? If God didn't spare Jesus, if God gave up Jesus... For us, what else will God do for us? What what the end of that verse say? How shall he not with him also freely give us what? Okay, what does all things mean? So if God gives us all things, why are we trying to get it from everybody else? If he's your father and he says, I'll freely give you all things, why don't you go to your father and ask for it? Keep going. Verse 33. Help us with that. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Pause right there. All right. So who can, who can accuse us except for Satan? We know that Satan is the accuser of the brethren, right? But we also know this. It's God that justifies. What does justify mean? What does it mean? Justify means that God has the final judgment. He has the final say. God can set me free. He can acquit me. So it doesn't matter how many accusations you bring against me, it is God that justifies me. And that's why you got to stop worrying about what the mother folks saying about you. It don't matter. Why? Because God justifies. All right? Come on. Read the next verse. Watch this. Who is he that Mm -hmm. condemneth? It is Christ that died. Yea, Rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercessions for us. All right, that's some shouting news right there. What is Christ doing? Yeah, you can leave that verse. What is Christ doing right now? Making intercessions. Okay, what does that mean? Speaking to God on our behalf. Okay. So you got somebody up there talking to God on behalf of who? You. So even when Satan is making accusations, God is being conferred to by Jesus on your behalf. Jesus praying for you. Jesus knows you. Jesus praying for you. All right? So then he asked this question. Paul asked this question uh, in verse 35. Watch this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Mm. Keep going. Shall tribulation or distress Mm. or persecution or famine or nakedness or pearl or sword? Keep going. Verse 36. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. 
We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Mm -hmm. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. All right, so what are we? More than Okay, we're more than, a, we're not a conqueror, we're more than a conqueror. That's what the scripture just said, right? And then he says in verse 38, he says what? I'm persuaded what? That neither death, mm -hmm. nor life, nor angels, yep. nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Watch this now. Nor height, nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So what is that saying, in essence? That nothing, not cancer, not a divorce, not the death of a loved one, not abandonment by your family, nothing can take me from the love of God. Now, that's comforting right there, all right? Nothing can separate me from him. I'm connected to him. And now you got to live like that. I'm more than a conqueror, and nothing can separate me from God. Now, if that's not news right there, I can use to fight Satan. I don't know what he is. Because it doesn't matter what he tries, it's not going to work unless it is part of God's divine plan. I, I can't underscore that enough that some of what Satan attempts, God permits for a purpose. Okay, God permits it for a purpose, and it's important for us to make sure that we own our truth. I am more than. Okay, you got to personalize the scriptures. All right, I can do all things. All right, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall guard my heart. All right, the Lord is my shepherd. You got no weapon formed against Craig Tatum shall prosper. No weapon. All right. Behold, I'm the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for him, for me? The answer is no to all of those. You got to believe that because what you're doing is you're telling Satan, no, no, no. You need to understand that I'm part of the family. All right. And because I'm part of the family, I'm speaking like I am part of the family. When's the last time you personalized scripture? Because at some point you got to make it personal. Don't put it in the third person. Put your name in there. All right? You got to put your name in there. At some point, you got to start shouting, you know, I can do all things. Great is he that is in Craig Tatum than he that is in the world. You got to start personalizing the scripture to make it resonate with your situation. All right? That's what it boils down to. The Lord, the Lord is my light, my light, and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came upon Craig Tatum to stumble on, to, to eat of his flesh, they stumble and fail. You got to personalize it. And I think that's one of the things that we got to do better. What's number six, Digging Answer? Speak supernatural power statements. All right. Now, what is a supernatural power statement? Anybody know? We just gave you a couple. No weapon form. I can do all things. Those are supernatural power statements that you have the authority. God said, look, you have the right to use anything I give you in here to fight your battle against Satan. We got to learn how to fight that battle. Satan is a coward. Because there again, remember now, he is a demonic spirit. Okay, and our battle is not a physical battle, it's a mental battle. Okay, when your body starts acting a certain way, as you get older, things you used to do, you can no longer do. Things you used to be able to remember, you can't remember. Satan likes to wage war. Well, you know, if God really cared about you, he wouldn't let you suffer like this. You know, you used to be able to do all that stuff. You know, you had money to do it. But now, all of a sudden, you go into church and you ain't got no money. What type of God is that? You ain't never got no money. I'm just trying to give you some of the things. But remember now, God said, I'll supply. Remember in what we call the model prayer? What does the model prayer say? Give us this day. Did it say tomorrow? Did it say give us today next month's bread? 
He said, give us this day our daily bread. And so we got to look. It's not like God don't know you need to eat. It's not like God doesn't know you're struggling with some things. He knows everything. But I got to trust God no matter what. And that you got to get to a point where I know they're talking about laying off on your job. I know they're talking about your money is not where it should be. I know your body is acting crazy. And now you got to take these medicines. And now the medicines is making you act some type of way. God, I'm taking this medicine in Jesus' name. And whatever you, whatever the outcome it is going to be that. But I'm taking the medicine because I believe it's going to make me better. I got to trust God. And you got to speak these power words. So that Satan backs off. I got one power word that'll make Satan side running every single time. Thank you. You do know that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. When I speak Jesus' name, the demons say, uh, "You believe there's a, you believe in God? Good. Even the demons believe and they tremble." And so sometimes you guys look, look. All right, now you want me. You want me to say his name? Y'all, y'all remember Eddie Murphy when Eddie Murphy was playing uh, on on the picture? Uh, what's it? What's it? The, the doctor's name? What's that picture he played in? No, not Doolittle. What's the other guy? Trump. Uh, what's his name? Crump. Crump. Trump. Okay. All right. Remember when when Eddie Murphy um, when Eddie Murphy was playing a, the old lady that was in the little wheelchair thing? And he came in and saw the other Eddie Murphy going in the refrigerator. And he said, well, he said, you need to give me a kiss. And, and he said, well, you know, he, he said, I'll scream. And he got rid of, he cocked his mouth like, that's what I do to Satan. Don't make me have to call his name. I'll scream it. I'll scream it because you need, i call his name. You need, I mean, you need, Satan needs to know that you got that type of power. But he won't know that when your situation is like a tsunami wave that consumes you to the point where I'm just, you know, I, I lost my wind. I lost my train of thought. I lost my thinking. I get it. We have tragic moments that happen. But I know even in my tragedy to call on his name. If, that's one, if there's one name I know how to call, it's the name of Jesus. When my life has been, I, when I, got, I just got news of a, a tragedy, I, I may not be able to say nothing else, but I can say his name. And you got to get to a point where you say that name. All right? I, I, you need to understand. Remember this now. I get it. Frustrating times come. Confusing times come. Uh, times of fear and despair come. You cannot control that, but what you can control is how you respond to them. All right? Pastor, I think you can use the word Jesus on a whole lot of things. Yes, sir. Yes. I mean, yesterday I stopped by my mother's house and she had a pot of greens ready for me. And oh, I Lord, said, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, for this pot of greens. So you can use his name anytime you want. I'm saying that to say this, Pastor, just call his name. Old taste and see. And see, don't you feel a little bit better about some things? If you just try it, if you just practice it more. See, we don't practice enough. We don't call his name. When you get up in the morning, you ought to say Jesus. In the afternoon, if you make it till 12 o'clock, you ought to say Jesus. Before you go to bed at night, you ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Amen to that. You know, oh, Lord, my God. You know, especially when you sit, get ready to sit down to a you know, big old thing of just out of the skillet chicken and it smells, oh, Lord, my God. My, 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 my. I, you got to practice that name. I, I mean, you got to be able to practice it. And that's one of the things, it's amazing to me that the best kept secret in the church is the name of Jesus. Does that make sense? The most powerful, not Obama, not Biden, not Trump, not the CIA, not the FBI, not the Navy, the Army, the Marines, the most powerful name on the place, on the face of the planet is Jesus' name, and it is the least name spoken by those that claim that he is their Lord and Savior. Got to get to a point where you start saying that name every day. All right? And the more you do it, it becomes a natural reaction for you. Okay, Jesus, Lord, have mercy. I, I mean, I say that a whole lot. Okay, because I want God to know I'm seeing some things. I'm concerned about some things. You know, I'm going through some stuff. And like I say, sometimes, I mean, if a tragedy strikes, 
You know, you may not be able to say a whole lot, but just, oh, Jesus. Have mercy, Lord. You got to get to a point where you trust that that name is going to help you get through your situation. All right. And you got to understand now, when it comes to Satan, I'm not a victim. I will never be a victim with Satan. Okay. I'm always a conqueror. All right. I know that. And if Jesus went through it, Jesus is my Lord and he is my savior, but he is also my elder brother. He my big brother. All right. He's my, there you go. Big brother got your back. And that's the thing that you have to understand as we go through this. You, you got to learn to speak them power scriptures when you're going through stuff. Yeah. Learn some scriptures so that when you're going through, you ain't got to go pick, find your Bible. Okay. And almost everybody should know the 23rd number song. Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Making me lie down in green pastor, leading me besides the steel wall. Do you even know what them scriptures say? The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Yeah, yeah. The first thing that say is the Lord is the the Lord governs me and whatever I need, I can get it from him. When it say I shall not want, that means everything I need, he supplies it. And then it says, the Lord is my shepherd and shall not want. He maketh me to lie down. In, notice he didn't say in dry pastures. He said in green pastures, which means they're plush. That means there's sustenance there that can supply me. He leave me besides the steel water. He restores my soul. In my moments of weakness, when I've been down, when I've been attacked, when I'm going through, he can restore me like I'm new, like I'm brand new. Okay, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me, uh, he lead me beside still walls. He restored my soul. He leaded me in the path of righteousness. For his name's sake, not for mine. God doing it because it pleases him to direct my path. That means, look, every time I'm going wrong, he put me back on the right path. All right. He leaded me down the path right for his name's sake. And then what, what, what the rest of it say? What else? Is that what it say? He said, I'll do what? Why? I ain't scared of nothing. Uh-uh. No, no, no. No, this ain't my first rodeo. No, I didn't been down this path before. It ain't like I ain't had stuff like this happen before. But, yeah, yes, even though I walk through and notice the word through. Through says you're going to go through and keep on pressing. That's what through means. All right? It means I'm heading through. I, I, I got to pass through, but I'm not going to stay there. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear. Why? For thou art with me. And what else? That's my protection. That's my pillow. That's my peace. All right? He says, thou prepares a tale before me. In the presence. Remember I just told you about the lion? The lion was sitting there eating and the hyenas was there. The lion just kept sitting there. Just tearing them bones and that meat up. God will put, look, God will bless you in the presence of all those that's trying to take you down. They'll be saying, how's it that he still got a job? Why wouldn't he fire? Why wouldn't they lay people off? Because of God. And you got, I'm trying to help you understand, that's why you got to use it. Look, that's your power text right there. That's your power text. You got to learn how to use that. Come on, talk at me. If you don't know how to use it, you're going to be attacked every single day. Yes, sir. And you ask yourself, why is this happening to me? You're not using your power statements. You're not calling his name every time you get a chance. So I'm always saying, that even when cars fly in front of me, Jesus. It's a good word to use. Something yes, about the name of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It is the sweetest. Look, you can't be like Barney Fife. Barney Fife had a gun, but it's never loaded. Y'all see that? Barney Fife got a gun, and he only got one bullet, and he always keep that in his pocket. And that's the way we are. We got a gun. We got a weapon. Here go your weapon right here. 
All right? And mine is a concealed weapon. Y'all didn't hear me. It's because it's hid in my heart. So whether you know it or not, I'm always packing. I'm always ready. I got a word to deal with. Whatever comes my way, it's already there. It's a concealed weapon. I got my permit when I accepted Jesus, and I got to, I look, I carry, I'm always packing. I don't care what nobody say. Right. And so we got to get to that point. You got to learn how to use the word to help you get to your situation. Now, part of that also means that you got, you got to have a balanced view of scripture. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the message on the day. We don't have a balanced view. We like to speak the positive and try to forget the negative. You are going to be attacked. All right. Satan is going to launch an assault. The Bible says the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. So there are going to be some things he's going to steal. There's going to be some things he may kill and destroy. But at the end of the day, it says, but I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly. All right? Stop looking for Maseratis in this life. Stop looking for 20-room mansions in this life. You got a mansion waiting for you when you get the glory. That's worth waiting for. Streets paid with gold. Huh? And so I'm willing to wait for those things and put up whatever I got to put up with in this life, knowing that in the end, there's another life coming. Do you not know, and most people don't really get this, that when we, when we leave this world for the first time in our life, we experience complete peace. Because there's, remember now, you hear say it all the time, no more dying, no more crying, no more heartache, no more distress. There's always something pressing us in this life. This body, the weather, people, news, you name it. You enter eternal rest for the first time in life when you breathe your last breath. All right? Most people don't see that. Right. That's why I tell people when they say, well, you know, rest in peace. Well, what you expect? Like I'm going to rest in chaos? The words don't max. All right? I, I got peace for the first time in my life. All right? So we got to learn how to speak. Come on, let's do this last one, Deacon Yancey, number seven. Help us with that. Know your enemies. All right. So if you're going to fight Satan, you got to know him. All right? If you're going to fight him, and when you have to know how he operates. The Bible says he is a deceiver of the brethren. We know that Satan has all types. Give me some example of some demons. What, what type of demons do we fight or battle daily? Anybody know? Lust. What else? Addiction. Addiction. What else? Sin. Okay. Hmm? Gossip. What about anger? What about jealousy? What about doubt? These are all demons who specialize in those areas to do what? To wage an assault against you. Doubting your sexuality. Okay? Being bitter because your father is not in your life. All right? Always feeling sorry for yourself. Those are demonic spirits that wage war against you. What they do is they fan the flames of that thinking so that in your mind, you keep saying, you know what, I'm not going to ever get better. I'll never get ahead in life. You know, God doesn't love me because if he did, I wouldn't be suffering the way I suffer. The Bible says that man who's born of a woman, his days are few, but they're full of what? What makes you think you're immune from trouble? Okay, all of us experience trouble. But the good news is there will come a day where trouble will cease. And until then, we've got to learn how to fight the good fight. We're going to close out right there on that. We're going to pick this piece up on Wednesday. You've got to know your enemy. If you don't know him, uh, you're going to lose every time. Amen. All right? Now, how many of you have gone to uh, the carnival before? All right? Um, have you ever played... Um, uh, have you ever tried to throw the baseball at the, the bear or whatever it was and knock it down? 
You do know that's fixed, right? So why are you wasting your money? Huh? And the point I'm getting at is when you know those things, you can now make a choice. You know, if I win, I win. If I don't, I know at this point, I know that the odds are against me every time. It's just the same way with gambling. All right? Gambling is you're going to take hard-earned money that you earn and try to put it on something in hopes that you win. And some of us be praying, please, Jesus, in the name of Jesus, just uh, black 23. I, I got it right now, Lord. You know, I'm here to not to tell them above and not believe. In the name of Jesus, right there on 23. Bible says if a man would not work, and gambling is not work. I know there are some professional gamblers, but it's really not. You're really taking a risk. What you're telling God, in essence, God, you ain't taking care of me, so let me figure it out my own self. I got this. That's what you're telling God. All right? I got to trust God that no matter what, he's going to work it out for me. Come on, Dean Yanson, Dean Tatum, uh, Reverend Tatum, final, final remarks. Believe it or not, Pastor, you really have to know your enemy because it's people that will come to your door, or different people that with their Bibles. And the strange thing about it is they know more Bible than me. Mm -hmm. They know, they're, they're well-versed in their scriptures. They know exactly how to get, how to win you over. Why is it that we don't know scriptures like, we, like they know scriptures? They don't even have to open it. And when they do open it, they can show you exactly what they're talking about. Very seldom do I run into Christians like that. Very seldom. Amen, amen. We, so we have to study the word, preach the word to ourselves so we can be ready, as Deacon Tatum stated, for the, for the people that come against us so we'll be able to facilitate the word to them and give them the things that we know about our God. And the key thing to everything is if you don't study, you'll lose every single battle. It's critical to understand that Satan doesn't care if you study. He just don't want you to study today. Make sense? And tomorrow, brother peoples, he don't care if you study. He just don't want you to study tomorrow. All right? And so you got to be so hungry for the word. Uh, let me ask you a question. How many of you ate breakfast this morning? Most of y'all? Okay. Have a piece of candy or some coffee or something like that? Mm -hmm. Why? Why'd you have that? Nourishment? Did your body crave it? Hmm. So you were, you were hungry for something. You, you had something that needed to be filled, and you met that need. How hungry are you for the word? And there ought to be some evidence of growth spiritually in how you address situations you face daily. All right? When your baby don't get fed, what do they do? They cry, right? They cry. They need to be fed. You need to feed yourself with the word. When you do that, I promise you, every time that, that scoundrel shows up, you're going to have something waiting for him. And that's the way it should be. Hey, take a brief break. We're going to take a brief break and get ready. Uh, I think, uh, bro, people, you're supposed to be singing for us today, right? Is that right? Yeah, there it is. All right. Brother Pete, got his, he got his suit on today. He ready to sing. He's going to be tanned up, too. Look out now. Hey, y'all take a brief break. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. God bless you. That's our prayer.